But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Uh, okay, so if any of you, such a lot of you follow me on the Who Asked Me podcast Instagram page, you know that this is going to be the official reintroduction of Who Asked Me podcast. I am so excited to start recording again on a regular basis. Um, as a lot of you know, I got married. I got married on July 2nd, and then we went on our honeymoon on July 4th. And, you know, life spent no time slapping me in the face right as soon as I got back from the honeymoon. But we're not going to go there. We're going to take it back a little bit. Um, on this official reintroduction, I'm going to get a little candid, okay, with some things that have been going on with me. I do share a good amount, not a lot, over on the Who Asked Me podcast Instagram page. And honestly, I am shocked. Now, when I say this, please do not take this as me saying like, I am so surprised how many of you have asked me where I've been. It's not been a lot of people. Honestly, less than five. However, they are people that I don't know. Okay. And I've said it before. Um, I love my little who asked me podcast community over on Instagram and you know, the listeners, um, that listen, if you're not on Instagram, um, you know, it means a lot to me to get messages like, when are you going to record another episode or be back recording on a regular basis? Because I really like hearing your opinion. Um, I love hearing that because, you know, sometimes I can get down on myself just like everybody else and be like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm in a space with a lot of amazing podcasters that have a bigger following than me. Um, but I'm kind of jumping ahead. So today what we're going to do is as promised, I'm going to take you back a little bit and kind of take you to the beginning of the hiatus of this podcast. Cause it was more than just wedding planning. Um, and then we are going to go over our shows. Okay. And we're going to go over to pop culture and we're going to talk some shit. So on that note, let's just, let's start with the life of it all. All right. So let's start with the life of it all. As most of you know, I got fired back in March, um, a week before my 30th birthday, a week for my bachelorette party. And I will say this from a lot of things have been building within me emotionally and mentally, um, from the time I, or since before I got fired. Um, and honestly, like hind, we all know hindsight is 2020. I have realized a lot in between now and then. And so some of the things that took place in my life, looking back, I'm not surprised they happen, especially more so on like the personal side. Um, and I went through a pretty big friendship breakup this person was supposed to be my maid of honor in my wedding and that did not happen. I had two maid of honors just so we're clear. And the one was supposed to be one of my maids of honors and it ended up, I had to tell her that that wasn't a good idea, but we will get there. So starting with me being fired, I got fired in March, um, a week before my birthday, a week before my bachelorette party. I got fired for, you know, <laughs> doing 
the same thing everybody else does at that job. And I, so I have to be very vague with this because legally I can't say some things. Um, but what I will say is I'm a very outspoken person. If you haven't realized that about me from either following me on social media or listening to this podcast, that is how I am in real life. I have a big mouth. <laughs> I am very outspoken. If I see or hear somebody being treated unfairly, I, I have to stand up for it. Um, that's just how I am. It's how it's, I'm, it is how I was raised because obviously I didn't get this way. No reason. But as my mom says, you know, sweetie, sometimes we don't always need to know what you're thinking immediately. My mom just always wishes that I will take a beat and think about some things. I am very quick to react. I'm an Aries. What can I say? So, um, I had been, you know, struggling at the job that I got fired from for a while because I started to realize um, there was, you know, some things going on and certain people were being treated differently than others. I'm sure you guys can pick up what I mean by that. And, you know, I had a point a few months before I got fired where I decided to be open and take it to HR and take it to corporate. And I was met with nothing. Essentially, they told me that the person in charge was not going to, they weren't going to do anything and that they generally listen to that person no matter how many complaints they have, X, Y, Z. Um, so after that, I really tried to keep my head down and I, for the most part, did but the thing about me is when I keep my head down, if I'm and there's stuff going on around me and I'm being quiet, it's more, more than likely eating me up inside. And like, this is something that I've always dealt with. My mom, my friends will be like, why the fuck do you care so much? Like, fuck it. I don't know. You know, a lot of people, I laugh because I, and I learned this in therapy because I was like, I'm not an empathetic person. And my therapist was like, no, you are. You're just not the empathetic that social media tries to point out and make you to be. She was like, the fact that you are standing up, you try to stand up for people and the underdog, she was like, that is empathy in itself. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, that That's true. So um, I, I'm trying to choose my words so delicately here about this situation, because like I said, there's some things I can't say. Um, you know, I was let go yeah, after speaking first so there's two parts. I was let go after speaking up about the differences finally again um, on how I was treated and some of the other black employees were treated. And then not only that, uh, my management style in restaurants, I can tell you guys this, I have worked in restaurants for people that have lined me up against a wall and told like with a other staff members and told us not to forget our gym memberships. I've been screamed at at restaurants in a non-professional way. So I make it my point to not, I, I really am not good at reprimanding because I can always understand when somebody is having a bad day. But with that being said, I also don't play and I have no problem admitting that. Um, I will say this, I had a lot of issues at that job with white women um, and the servers that were underneath me, I remember I, this one server, like she just didn't do her fucking job. 
and all of the her co-workers would complain and you know it, it affected everybody I tried my best to have conversations with her um she I when I pulled her to the side she told everybody I was treating her unfairly I said okay I think we should have a talk because those are strong words I said do you want HR to be present or not she told me no I'm fine to have a talk with you and I told her I said listen why do you feel like I treat you unfairly and it just got so unprofessional and so <laughs> negative it ended in her telling me you're just mad because everyone else around here kisses your ass and I'm not doing that. And that is when I ended the conversation. And I said, you cannot talk to me like that. This conversation needs to remain professional. So it's going to be over for now. And when we can get a witness, then we can continue. And the door was closed to the office at that time. And when I tell you guys, I opened that door and it was like somebody said, action. And this girl started crying, bawling. And I was just like, I, I knew, but part of me knew in that point, because when she started bawling, it was not like just crying. She was like, almost yelling, crying. Like I had like beat her up in there. I'm not kidding. I felt so, I felt nervous. I really felt nervous for my job at that moment. And for like, I, I don't know, because I've never seen anything like that before. I never have. Um, so that was, I immediately, you know, took action and made human resources aware as well as my, like the GM of that job, um, aware of that situation because I, I didn't know what to do. I thought at that point, I was like, this is, I, I can't do anything here. My hands are tied because I can't say anything to some of these young women because they just don't take direction from, I don't know if it's women but this black woman well. And I always tried to remain professional when I spoke to them. Um, I watched one of the other managers um, say the most outrageous things to them, um, inappropriate sexual things, and also just not professional, not a professional way to coach in general. So, and let me, let me say this. I don't think that I do everything right. I really don't. But what I will say is I am careful when it comes to work with my words and things like that because I don't have a choice but to be because I'm a Black woman. Um, and again, the, these instances with some of these, I'll say this, white women and white passing women because one of them was actually not white, but that's neither here nor there. Um that that was a drop in a bucket. I the most of that staff, I will say at that job, most of those girls I adored. They adored me. We still have good relationships to this day. <clears throat> you know, I I I loved working with that group of girls because that group of women rather, that group of women they were ride or die for each other. Even if they were not getting along, they were some girl power. That was a girl power ass team is what I will say. Um so with that, then I had that situation. And then right before I got fired there, we were, ex uh, I won't say we were extremely understaffed because we've worked, we had worked with it less staffing um, in that case, but we were understaffed and, you know, I, I found issue with, I big on how people talk to others. If you guys haven't noticed, um, I found issue with the way some of the 
you know, bartender servers were talking to their bussers and barbacks and things like that because I saw that they viewed them as lesser than them. And I don't like that, you know? So I had a few instances where I had to tell a few of the women that they needed to stop talking to their aides that way. So like a server aide or server assistant. And, you know, I, I said, I'm not going to lie to you. I said, assistant doesn't mean slave. You don't get to boss them around. By all means, if they're sitting there finger popping their asshole and not doing anything, then yes. And you need something, then yes. Ask them, please, with respect. However, when they're doing something, just because it's not what you want them to do, but it's still something that will help, will help you, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. You can just simply say, hey, I need you to do the X, Y, Z right now. So I spoke up about that. And then, you know, there was a hellish shift where... I'm not kidding. I've worked in restaurants for a very long time. The servers weren't picking up their dishes while, yes, they were busy. They just were, they weren't doing, everyone wasn't working as a well-oiled machine. And I was running around with chicken with my, like a chicken with my head cut off. It was, it was really bad. And so after the shift, I had a pro shift with everybody and I told them, listen, this is not fair to your bussers, your barbacks and to me or the rest of the management team. You guys don't pick up your dishes and it needs to stop. We're going to have to result in writing you up. Almost immediately after I had that talk, um, I was met with resistance from, you're not going to talk to me like a child. And I said, then you need to do your job. Picking up dishes, running food is within your job title within my job title is to hold you accountable for that. And that is what I'm doing. I'm not just yelling for no reason. And, you know, I say all this to say, like I said earlier, they were completely fine. Not all of them. Some of them were completely fine with the male managers talking to them crazy and saying disgusting things. But when I, a black woman, simply told them, you need to do something that's well within your job title, which is within my job title to tell them to do, they took problem with that. And like I said, it was only a couple. However, those couple of women happened to be favorites to the general manager. And there were complaints about me. Um, however, I I said, what, I, had, I had no shame. I did. I said, this is what I told them. Um, I told them that we would start writing them up because it's not fair to us. And I didn't say just me. It's not fair to us. It's Even though I didn't get along great with the other managers, that's not a secret. I did. I said, it's not fair to us. I don't care if it's my shift or not. You guys shouldn't be fucking doing this. All right. So um, I know some of the girls rallied around and was like, fuck this, fuck her, blah, blah. And you know, this is what I have to say. I think I heard this somewhere one time and I can't remember who said it, but they said, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're not part of the problem. And that's really my main point with some of that shit. I get it. You, you're mad. You got, you got your ass handed to you at work after a rough shift. And then you, your boss, you know, had to let you know a few things. I've had it happen more than one time. I know when I'm not performing up to par, but the main takeaway is that these people are fine with 
somebody borderline sexually harassing them and yelling and yelling at them and being wrong. Because when one of the guy managers would yell at them, I would be like, you are so damn wrong. And I'm not kidding guys. One time he told me, he goes, I know I'm wrong, but I'm not, I'm not backing down. And I was like, Oh, must be nice. So that is those things that led up to about like, I want to say the weekend I got fired on a Monday. So yeah, that led up to that. And, you know, it just, it was one of those things. I didn't even, I don't think I really even processed it. I will say this. I was embarrassed, even though I didn't have anything to be embarrassed about. Like I said, the girls at that, the women at that job, the most of them were really supportive. Um, They called me, they were like, this is fucking bullshit. Like we've never had but this is the biggest compliment to me. Most of them told me, they said, we've never had a female manager stand up for us, a manager in general, but a female manager stand up for us the way you do against the men in this building. And then the black women that worked for the company as well, they, you know, told me they're like, we've never had a black woman boss before and you were a great example. So those things do mean a lot to me, but at the end of the day, I still did get fired. So mentally, I was just like, and again, never been fired mentally. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to stand up for people. What the fuck? And so, you know, after that, I went on my bachelorette party. Um, I didn't, I, I'm a person that when I'm going through things, I internalize them. So I will tell my friends like, Hey, I got fired. And then they'll be like, what, what happened? And I'll tell the story, but it will be no emotion. I'll just be like, this is what happened. But then my emotions do manifest themselves in different ways. So then, you know, we end up circling back and my friends, they, they check me often. They're like, Giselle, why don't you tell us about these things? Like, why do we have to find out? Like, uh, I think I'm some, most of my friends found out because I made a fucking joke about it on TikTok. And they were like, and when a lot of stuff came to head, like on my bachelorette party, they were like, what the fuck? Like, why did you not tell us, you know, we're here for you. And my friends are, I love them. They're my redditors. Um, But it's, it's a me thing. You know what I mean? So that happened. And then I want to speed through this friendship breakup as quick as possible, because honestly, and I'm going to be so honest with you guys, I want to move on with my life. Um, And I don't, I'm not, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't want somebody that is close to her or related to her or something to hear it. And I didn't manifest itself into something else because I just want to move on with my life. Me and this person had been friends off and on for since like, since grade school. And, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for her and I always will. However, I realized after a lot of things transpired that we're just not, I don't think in our adult life, we're not meant to be friends. I wish her the best. Um, But it came to a something to where there was some tension between her and one of my, and my other maid of honor. And I was getting misinformation. Um, And I did not... I'm, I will say this. Am I a confrontational person? I can be. When it comes to somebody I care about, I absolutely can be the opposite. 
because I'm aware of my emotions and how my mouth reacts. So I really take time to confront the people that I care about. And this person that I have have had the friendship breakup with felt like I was not treating the other maid of honor the way I have treated her in the past when we have had falling outs. And I will be honest, even after thinking about this, because in the months to come, that's just simply not true. And I know this, I know that there's been, and I've obviously told her, there's been stuff that I wanted to say to her and that I held back on, but we have had so many falling outs and coming back together and falling outs. But for me, the ultimate thing was, this is a pattern between us. It is a fucking pattern. And I simply cannot continue to do this in the next phase of my life. And I don't even mean just in marriage. I I mean marriage, a new decade in my life, a new, like I, I felt like the universe was literally like, you are getting a new start to move forward. And you, you have to do, you have to make some decisions right now, right now with what you're presented with. So what I will speed through is the catalyst that got us to this friendship breakup. And I'm going to be very honest with you guys. <laughs> so we went to Vegas for my bachelorette party. Um, there had been some tension building, like I said, between my two maids of honors and then between me and the maid of honor that I ended up. I mean, there's, t- let's be honest, there's fucking tension between the bride and the bridal party. I don't care what anybody says because, and I've been on both sides of this. The bridal party is like, God damn, like shit, we got to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And then the bride where the bride sees it is like, why do I have to keep asking you guys to do some of this stuff? All of it is like, it can be worked through. It can get over it. Most of it is laughable. Like most of it is fucking laughable. It does not feel like it in the moment, but it is laughable. And the reason I kept some stuff inside is because I knew that. I said, we're going to look back. Some of us are going to be able to look back on this and be like, oh God. And I understand that that's not the case with some people. I have talked to women that have gotten married and, you know, been brides and they have told me they're like, listen, good for you for standing up for yourself and telling that person, like, I don't think it's a good idea that you're in my wedding because I had somebody in my wedding that I knew in my heart, we weren't going to talk after that. We weren't going to be friends. And I still let them be in it because I didn't want to say anything. And, you know, like I said, it wasn't easy. I don't, and I I don't know how she thinks or what she thinks we haven't spoken. Um, She never replied to me telling her not that she's no longer in the wedding, but it's not easy. I didn't wake up and I was like, yep, gonna do this. That was a very uncomfortable text for me to send. It was very uncomfortable on a lot of people's ends. Um, I still feel, even though it was my bachelorette party, I still feel for everybody that was in that house that they witnessed some of the stuff that they witnessed. Um, Because my best friend, Corey, describes it. He says, I felt like we were walking into the motherfucking bad girls clubhouse that weekend. Now I didn't, there's some things that I don't know. So I didn't know that there was some tension building with the um, planning process of everything. Um, And I learned that after the fact, and it was a decision maker for me uh, or it helped in my decision-making process, but we got there. 
Um, one of my friends has a habit of losing her phone, her cell phone, and I am the person that finds it all the time. Well, when we are in St. Louis, that is not a big deal because I pretty much know somebody at every bar and I can just go get it for her. I told her in Vegas, you cannot lose your phone. And if you do lose your phone, I'm not going to be able to find it for you because it's my bachelor party and my birthday. And I'm not doing that. Now, I will say this. Did I turn into Stasi a little bit on my bachelor party and my birthday? I'll, I'll own that one. I will eat it because you know what? I'm not like that. It's not like I've ever had a bachelorette party before. And I've on my birthday, generally, I like to spend time with those closest to me. So I don't really need to have like a big party. I, I love doing birthday dinners. I love a birthday dinner. So this for me was all big out shebang. And then on the top of the fact that I just got fired, I really just wanted to party, have a good time with my friends, everything. Um, there were some instances that I'm not going to get into because they reveal personal information about people that I'm not, I just don't want to. But the catalyst of this was we were at XS listening to Chainsmokers or seeing Chainsmokers and I was on the dance floor by myself. I was like, wait, where's all my friends? I found them sitting off to the side. Everyone looked like somebody got hit by a car. I said, what's going on? And, uh, that's when they said she lost her phone. In my drunken state, in my really fucked up state, I was like, well, find it. They're like, you are the only person who has her location. I took out my phone. I said, hey, says the phone's here. You got to retrace your steps. And then she's still looking at me. Look at her. Look at me. And I just, I snapped. I said, get up and find your fucking phone. And I said it just like that. And, you know, again, I snapped. And when I said that, this person that I have falling out with, took that upon herself to air out some of her grievances that she had been having with me that weekend. And she told me, how dare you fucking talk to her like that? You've been talking to all of us like shit all weekend. That was kind of the thing that made me. And then, no, then she said, tell her, Corey. And I was like, me and Corey are like, we're, I'm close with all my friends, but we understand each other on a different level. And him and that person who said that have had some issues in the past. So for me in my drunken state, I literally was like, wow. So you've been, and I turned to him and I said this, I said, wow. So you've been talking shit about me to her. And he was like, no, no, no. Started going off on Corey. He was like, Giselle, you need to calm the fuck down. You need to calm the fuck down right fucking now. I kept popping off. And then I stormed out of excess without my friends and got in an Uber by myself. Um, so that was the catalyst, you know, went back to the house things screaming was done mostly on my end um and you know one of my other friends that didn't come out that night tried to calm me down it, it was bad it was it was a bad you know night i i was bawling um i had called my fiance a couple times um and for sake of just moving the story ahead it, it just wasn't good well the next morning um you know, I spoke to my friend. I was like, look, I'm sorry. I fucking went, I snapped on you. She was like, girl, it's fine. I've snapped on you before. You've snapped on me. It, it's fine. We're, we're, we're sorry. I was like, cool. Talked to Corey. He was like, I've said sorry. He was like, it's good. You know, blah, blah, blah. So then it came time for me to talk to the other person. That And my main thing was, do you guys really feel like I've been talking like shit all weekend? Sidebar. I shit my pants on that trip. <laughs> like, very minorly I ran to the bathroom. And I just feel like this is important because I'm just like, 
it's just one of those things that stuck out in my mind. I ran to the bathroom. We had realized that there was no toilet paper in the house. This Airbnb literally, literally left us with three rolls of toilet paper in a house of 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard the person that I had the falling out with walking by. I screamed her name in a panic. I was like, I need toilet paper. Um, she emerges in the bathroom again after I've sharded on myself. And she tells me, looks me in the eye like I'm a two-year-old. And she goes, you need to start saying please and thank you. And I said, I shit on myself. I was panicked. She's like, it doesn't fucking matter. So one of my things is I hate when people try and become the manners police when one, their manners are not on, they're not tip top shape. And secondly, just because you're, you're mad about something else. Okay. You're mad about something else. I realized this after the fact. And like I said, there's some other things in there that I'm not going to reveal, but it was just like, I asked everybody, I said, Hey, do you guys all really feel like I've been talking to you like shit? Um, one of my other friends said, I don't think you've consistently be t been talking to us like shit, but you need to understand that we don't, you, we've never seen you like this. You're like thriving in your element. She was like, my thing was, I was not going to choose. Like, I don't think that this should be talked about right here and right now or ever. She was like, I was, my, and most of my friends said they were like, I was willing to eat it because then they were like, it's not necessarily shitty. It's just, you're the bride and it's your birthday. That's how it was explained to me when I asked the honest question. So then when I spoke to the person that I had a falling out with, of course, she took the stance of like, I'm the only one that's willing to stand up to you and yada, yada. And it's like, I'm, I'm just really trying to have a honest conversation right now. I'm not really trying to be like, oh, like you, I, I'll stand up to her and like, da, da, da. like, no, just guards down honest conversation. And I, I wasn't met with that. Okay. Um, there was also a comment in there about my fiance owing her an apology because he said, you know, this sounds like we know the root of the problem and it sounds like her. And he, I don't appreciate that. I will just say that I, I don't appreciate it. Um, so, you know, those were some of the key things that I was like, I don't think we're getting beyond this. Um, the rest I'm going to omit while it is, it is part of the story. I'm going to omit it because again, I just don't, I want to move on with my life. But I say all that to say, after I got back from Vegas, I will be very honest. I was at a very low, low, um, I had just gotten fired and then I had this incident and I was not letting up on myself at all. I felt like I was the reason for a lot of things and that like a lot of things in my life and I just was being really hard on myself for a long time. So I, that's like why I just couldn't even sit down and record because I, in my mind, I was like, well, bitch, your mouth has gotten you into a lot of fucking things and look at where you are now. So maybe you should just shut up. So that's where I was. Um, and that's, you know, why I just couldn't even think about recording a podcast, even if it was to talk about stupid shit, like reality TV. Um, I was, I was really, really beating myself up over it because I love, I want to be self-aware. I love being self-aware. And I just felt like maybe I was trying to look within and like, you know, take some responsibility. And I, and I definitely did. Um, 
I started going, I've always gone to therapy, like off and on, I started going again, more consistently and like, really working through some things. And of course, again, there's some ownership on my end and some ownership on some other people's end. And my main thing with the friendship breakup was I was willing to I took the owners, I took ownership. And I had some amazing conversations with some of my friends um, that were honest with me, and I was honest with them. And there was, you know, we were able to move on. It was fine. You know what I mean? Um, the other person, I just felt like that it, we were past that because I did feel like I was being kicked while I was down. Um, so it was just, and that, that was the decision that I needed to make for myself. And also, like I said, it had been an on and off relationship for a while. So I needed to hop off the train yeah, it was for me, it was my responsibility to also get off the merry-go-round. And my mom said something to me and she said, Zell, Nini and Kim Zolziak were paid to argue with each other. You two aren't. So maybe it's time to cut the bullshit. And that is just like when it like clicked for me, it really clicked for me. I love reality TV but I felt like maybe, maybe I love it too much and it's bled into my life a little bit. So that is where I was when I just stopped recording and why the the main reason I stopped recording. And then of course, to save face, I told all of you that it was because of the wedding. That was the main reason. And then, then it became the wedding because I was like, oh shit, we're closer to it than I thought. So that is where I was at. Yeah, that's where I was at. So I just really could not even bring myself to sit here and record this podcast. Um, But with that being said, I say all of that to just raise some mental health awareness in everybody, especially, but especially with Black women, because I just realized looking back that I just, I I felt like I could not say anything for so long about how I was feeling and what was building up at work. And well, I had said something, I had spoke out, out about what was building up at work with like who I thought I needed to express it to. And it went unnoticed and resulted in me getting fired and, you know, things like that. On top of that, there were just sometimes that as a black woman with friendship I mean obviously my my partner is white (laughs) my husband's white um and I have white friends obviously there are sometimes when you you know when you have a white friend who doesn't listen and is not understanding where you're coming from um as a black woman and they hear it as excuses and I will say that is one thing about that friend that I went through a breakup with um there was a couple other instances, but mainly with me getting fired, I, I felt like they weren't really understanding. And there was a couple other things with communication with her and I, that I, she wasn't understanding. And when I would like, kind of say like, Hey, that's kind of like, you know, a thing that comes along with being a black woman. Um, you, I could tell that she felt like it was an excuse. So I do think it's for the better. I don't wish her anything, but the best, um, while I did tell her that I don't think it was a good idea that she was in my wedding, she was still invited. Of course she did not come, but you know, it is what it is. I just want to, you know, tell everybody if you are 
feeling like no one's listening to you. You're feeling like, you know, you're just going through the motions, especially because that was another thing with me. I really felt like I was just fucking like going through the motions. I was like, I have to do this. I have to keep this job. I have to like, you know, X, Y, Z, because I'm, I'm getting married. I can't do anything. I'm stuck until after I get married. And, you know, the universe said, bitch, you thought and was like, nope, you know, so that is that on that with the life update. Um, when it comes to my wedding, it was a fabulous day. You know, I honestly could not have asked for a better day. I, uh, there were of course a few things that went wrong. And you know, some of the things that I think about with my wedding that I was like, Oh, what if this, what if that I didn't even fucking notice. I didn't look for that day. I didn't nothing. Um, it was perfect day. Honeymoon was great. The travel back from the honeymoon, less than great. That was a hellish day. If you follow me on Instagram, you know what happened. I still, still need to pick a bone with American Airlines, but I can't go back there because honestly, I'm still fucking traumatized. That was a lot. Those horror stories that you've been hearing on the news lately about travel, I I experienced it. It was bad. But with all that being said, um, like I've told you guys on Instagram, I want to be back here. I want to be back in this space. I did get another job in between getting fired and my wedding. I did get another job and it was dog shit. Oh my God. Um, I, I can't even explain. I was spoken down to so poorly. I, the staff that was there before I got there, you know, I got to know them. And again, I really liked them. I loved all of them. Well, not all of them. There was one that was, mm -mm. but I really liked them. Um, and they were like, you're really leaving us. I was like, I really am because this, this man has no more time to talk to me crazy, but I am in a transition phase in my life. And that's just the truth. You know, I just got married. Um, I'm looking at switching career paths. And I, while I've learned a lot of lessons, I still want to make a change. And I'm not going to stop standing up for people. You know, like my mom says, maybe I don't need to tell everybody right away. (laughs) But, you know, I realized a lot of things about myself in this first Hell, it's almost been six months since I turned 30. But in this first four months of being 30 and it's, it's, you know, I feel like I don't know if I'm on the other side all the way, if I'm all the way over the hill, but I feel I definitely know I've gotten to the peak, okay, of the bullshit. So, you know, lessons, lessons to be learned. I love everybody in my life and I'm grateful for them and that I had them when I had them. Um, now, let's, let's get into the mess, okay? Let's get into the fun stuff. So as most of you saw, I did a question box over on the Who Asked Me podcast page Instagram and just told y'all that I was recording and to drop in whatever you wanted to make sure that I covered. And you know, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure Khloe Kardashian has no fucking clue that I live and breathe on this earth. But about two hours after I did that, she said, oh girl, here you go, because it was revealed that her and Tristan are having another baby <laughs> via surrogate. Um, okay. <laughs> Miss Mama, I, and y'all know I don't even like commenting on the Kardashians, but like, Chloe, girl, what? Now, apparently the baby is due like any day now. So this did happen before the latest 
cheating scandal, but emphasis on latest. Emphasis on fucking latest. And like, mm. you know how I talked about empathy earlier, guys? And like, I feel like this is what people think of when they think of empathy because like how she keeps forgiving him and shit like that. It's like, forgiving or letting him embarrass you and you know I don't understand this whole thing with like I I I don't is it that she wants true and her sibling to have the same parent because like her and her siblings all of her siblings don't have the same parents you could literally have a baby with another person that actually respects you and doesn't want to embarrass you and like the whole reason I know they did this obviously if the baby is due in a few days or within a week then obviously they did this before the latest cheating scandal but again I literally cannot stress I cannot stress before the latest she could give true a sibling without Tristan being its father oh god I, I she is she like just being like hey I'll take one for the team and create content for the show like what what what's going on mama what's going on because fuck, between Tristan Thompson and Nick Cannon, I literally fucking cannot stop having sex with these men. Like, stop doing it, okay? Because why are we doing it? Somebody who has been proven to me to be like a public fuckboy, I'm not inclined to let them get in my drawers. I'm, I'm just not. I'm just not. I'm just not. Okay. I, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around Nick Cannon continuing to make kids. I can't wrap my head around why Chloe or any other woman wants to continuously be involved with Tristan. I, I don't get it. There are three men, celebrity men, on my list of like, if I could talk to every single woman that was thinking about having sex with them I would do everything in my power to tell them not to and that's future okay it's future Nick Cannon and Tristan Thompson and I hate it because they're all fucking black why 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 I also hate the way future disrespects women all the fucking time honestly Tristan too but like future, we all know future is fucking disrespectful. But like, goodness gracious, Chloe. Goodness, girl. You don't want to be rid of him. That's all I can. And that's 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 your cross to bear, child. Whatever. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. But besides that in pop culture, the only other thing that I have to talk about before we get to Bravo shows is Doja Cat. And I pray to God that I don't have any Doja Cat stands on this listening to this podcast because like the fandom, the math isn't mathing um here when I explain this to y'all. Maybe, maybe y'all agree, maybe you won't agree. But Doja Cat has taken issue with little Will Byers. And you may be thinking, like, wait, Will Byers from Stranger Things? Yeah, not actually Will Byers, but the guy who plays him. I can't think of his name right now. But he's a 17-year-old kid, and that is important to mention when I tell you about this situation. So Doja Cat apparently slid into the guy who plays Will Byers DMs and said, yo, hook me up with the guy who plays Eddie. 
on this latest season of Stranger Things. And then Will Byers did a very 17-year-old thing to do. And he like was, I don't know if he was on live. Either way, shape or form, he shouted it out and was like, oh, slide into her DMs. Or, or I'm sure he said he said something along the lines of like, ooh, Doja Cat's looking for you, buddy. Something like that shit. And Doja Cat was like pissed. And I'm laughing right now because I don't understand. You, Doja Cat is 26 years old. Okay, 20 fucking six years old, first of all. I feel like there's somebody in between the age of 26 and 18 on that cast that had a scene or two with him that you could have slid into their DMs and asked if they could hook you up with him, you know, you know? Um, and every, I've seen the discourse online between her fans and everything. And they're like, him being 17 has nothing to do with it. Wrong is wrong. No, literally when I was 17, I repeated things that I shouldn't have repeated. Actually, I'm 30 now. And sometimes I still do that, but like on a lesser scale with like lesser consequences. Why are we acting like 17 year olds are immature? I would, I have nothing to ask a 17 year old. Maybe a TikTok dance, but honestly, if you find me on TikTok doing a fucking dance, you need to alert the police because it's a call for help. Why? Why is she surprised? Surprised. Why is she surprised that this 17-year-old did what 17-year-olds do? Something very fucking immature. Yeah, I'm not arguing that it's not immature. It definitely is, but a 17-year-old did it. Duh. So... Her fans are going after him. She gets on live and she's like, this is some snake shit. This is some snake shit. It, it's lit. We're talking about Will Byers here, mama. We're talking about Will Byers. Come on, Doja. I understand. I would probably be like a little like, mm, mm, wish you wouldn't have done that. Totally get that. But I'm not going to get on live and be like, this is some snake shit. And then she, you know, kind of goes in between like saying like, hey, he's a 17 year old. I understand why he did it. But then she switches all the way to the opposite side. And she's like, yeah, no, fuck that. Like, this is snake shit. I can't believe he'd do that. And it it, it was just a conundrum. Okay. It was just a conundrum to me. Because I don't understand what she doesn't understand. I don't understand why you asked him. You could have asked, um, what's his face? Steve. You don't know Steve? Ask him. Winona, maybe Winona would have answered her. So anybody except for the 17-year-old. Millie Bobby Brown, maybe even. I think Millie Bobby Brown might have been a better choice than Will. I think he's the youngest person on that cast besides Erica. Hello? <sighs> I honestly read the Twitter thread on this for maybe five minutes. And it was like 75, 25, 75% of people like, yeah, Doja, what the fuck? And then the other 25 were Doja Cat stands and they were riding hard for their girl. Let me tell you that Doja Cat fandom, it's getting up there. It's creeping up there right around um, the barbs. It was getting toxic on the thread. I had to exit out, but that's all I have for pop culture. Maybe we'll get some more next week. I appreciate Khloe Kardashian for giving me another little topic that was cute. I appreciate it, but let's get into Bravo. Okay, so let's start off with Girls Trip. A lot of you asked me to cover Girls Trip, and obviously we're going to cover it. Like, hello. Honestly, Girls Trip may be my favorite thing on right now. And I love this Ex-Wives Club more than I love the first season of Girls Trip. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't watch the last episode of the first season of Girls Trip. I don't know. I just wasn't interested anymore. 
it was cute then it wasn't but let me just say this we're not going to go over the full season because i have gone over that most of it on instagram but i miss me some fey fey i miss phaedra no one does that side commentary like phaedra does those little offhand comments help her lord okay like phaedra and honestly i was indifferent about eva back when she was on atlanta i wasn't like yeah she needs to go or i wasn't like oh no keep eva but I want to see her back. But you know what? I also love all of Eva's outfits. I want every single thing that she's worn on girls trip so far. Now, y'all don't come for me for saying that I miss Phaedra. Okay. I know the discourse. I know I've seen all of the episodes. I get it. You know what? Y'all can come for me. But in the words of Karen, you may not find me. People come for me all the time. They just may not find me. Karen Huger. All right. But that I said what I said. Nene Weeks. <laughs> but no. Another thing with Girls Trip is I am just being reminded of the sweet, sweet bite that is Dorinda Medley. Because when it first came on, I said, damn, I miss this bitch. I miss this bitch. In every episode since the premiere, I've just been like, mm, mm. Oop, there she, there she go. There she go. Now I remember how we got here. I remember how we got here, Dorinda, because goddamn. And with that being said, I want to get into the Dorinda versus Jill. All right. Listen, I know it's Dorinda's house. I get it. But she like doesn't need to insert herself in every single argument. You know, sometimes some people have been arguing and it actually has nothing to do with Dorinda. And then she takes over the argument. And it's like, well, actually, I wanted to see these two fighters finish the match before, before we started the next one. But when it comes to that argument, when Jill just asks a very simple question, uh, if she could sit on the bed and watch Eva or come on. I get it. And I'm a little bit of a Jill Zarin apologist, if you didn't know. But like everyone else said, we know Jill is thirsty. Jill was being Jill. That is the, that, that's the thing that kills me about Jill Zarin in like the Roni castmates past and present. Jill is being Jill. Y'all know how this lady is. So why the fuck do you climb up all in her ass when she's innocently being Jill? Okay. And honestly, I get what she was saying. I have friends that have podcasts and it's nothing for me to just pop on. She didn't realize that Eva was on a syndicated show. I think that's the word syndicated where you needed clearance. Eva told her, boom, that's it. Eva said what she had to say. Okay. But Dorinda took it way too far. And honestly, Jill is still really nice because the next morning when they get up and to go to the hot air balloon, Jill's like, how nice is this for Dorinda to get to see her house and her property from this view? Because let me tell you, let me tell you something. After the bum rush in the confessional and then the things that came out of Jill's mouth, mm -mm, no mama, we're, we're done. I don't care how you see your property. I really fucking don't. All right. And I get it. Jill definitely did her Jill Zarin thing where she would tell all the girls like, you know what? I'm over it. We're moving on. And then she would call her mom and call somebody else and then tell one of the girls, actually, I'm not. Okay. I do commend Jill for being honest and saying she wants to be a friend of Roni. I don't think a lot of people would say that. I really don't think a lot of people would say that. Brandy has said it. You know, she thinks, uh, Dorinda, Vicky, and Tammy Sue 
all are still so invested in housewives and that's why some of the drama keeps happening and that's why they react to things the way they do and i actually 100 percent agree with that i really do agree with i think that all of them want to be back on their shows so bad i mean dorinda keeps telling us like I'm on pause. I'm on pause. And I get it. That's what Andy Cohen told her. I do think that's what Andy Cohen told her. But mama read between the lines. And like somebody said online, the show that you're on pause from is actually on pause. So (laughs) double pause is a stop, I would assume, you know. But I do commend Jill for saying, I want to be a friend of the show because I don't want to do the full time. It's draining. It's it's exhausting. But when you're a friend of, you get to come in, kind of be sidelined, still get the attention. I get it. I think being a friend of would be, I think that would be the way to go as well. And then let's fast forward to the dinner. Well, the latest dinner, because we've had a lot of dinners with these ladies that have ended in arguments. Um, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Taylor getting on my damn nerves. Taylor is getting on my damn nerves because Taylor has always gotten on my damn nerves. That's not to say that I don't feel for her and I never felt for her for her situation because I really did. That was, you know what? I have to talk about this. I think I talked about it on Instagram. I remember when Camille outed that situation, but I don't know if I like fully grasped what happened. I know that I wasn't like, oh yeah, Camille said it. Now we said it. I know we got like an iconic tagline from it, but watching it back, I was like, holy shit. I don't actually know what I would do except for never fucking speak to Camille Grammer again if she did that to me. Because at that time, Taylor's ex was still alive and you outed that and that you could have made that situation so much worse for her it was disgusting it was disgusting and i've never been a camille fan in the first place but i was like holy fucking shit i can it, it just it hit a little bit harder i think in my older age like i said before i knew it was wrong but like i was just like oh fuck no however besides that taylor getting on my damn nerves okay because taylor why are you bringing up brandy in the brandy bringing up adrian using a surrogate it was wrong we went over that however if adrian is saying that her and brandy are, or brandy saying her and adrian are cool and that that's factual leave it be like what are you doing you're still mad at brandy and to be honest i'm gonna stand 10 toes down on this Those women were assholes to Brandy when she first came on the show. I mean, Taylor even said it herself. She goes, we were a perfect pot of boiling water and you had to be, what did she say? Like a cinnamon stick or some stupid shit like that. Obviously she was drunk, but, but I will tell y'all this. What I got a glimpse at when Taylor said that shit was the Beverly Hills Mean Girls. And you know what? We've always had the Beverly Hills Mean Girls. We have actually always had Beverly Hills Mean Girls. They just weren't called the Fox Force Five back then. Because like I said on Instagram, I also got into some of the, um, of course, we all know right now what's happening with Kyle. Everyone's like, oh, she's getting her day in the sun. Finally, I have always felt this way about Kyle. I've never really cared for her. Um, Most of you all know that. However, with everything that's going on right now with Kyle and Garcelle and how people are feeling about Kyle, a video popped up on my Twitter timeline that said like Kyle's meanest moments to Kim. And I did a rewatch of Beverly Hills from 
the first season during COVID. So semi-recently, like 2020 COVID. Um, and I was like, mm, I forgot. I forgot how bad Kyle was to Kim. Kim is not my favorite person, but I always felt for her. Okay. And yeah, like I said, that just made me realize we've always had the Beverly Hills Mean Girls. It just wasn't always the Fox Force 5. Okay. Back in the day when all of this first started, it was Taylor. It was Kyle. It was LVP. Okay. Sometimes Adrian. There have always been, there's always been this dynamic in Beverly Hills. Kyle and Kyle has always been in the center of it. And all I'm saying is that Kyle is the one that's still on the show. You know what I mean? And you know what? With that, let's just transition into Beverly Hills. Only thing I have left for Girls Trip is I don't want it to end. I really don't want it to end. I know Vicky may want to, but I don't. <laughs> so on the Beverly Hills trip, a couple of you mentioned me wanting me to talk about the Kyle downfall on this episode of the podcast when I did the question box on Instagram. And I want to be clear about something. I don't believe that this is an actual downfall. To be clear, when I see these like celebrities and reality stars being canceled, and I'm using air quotes here, or on the brink of which, or doing things that are unfavorable, you know, and kind of ignorant, I want them to learn lessons. The reason I keep talking about Kyle and putting her ass on my very small platform, um, Front Street, is because I want Kyle to honestly look at her behavior and at least have maybe an on-screen conversation about how she can see herself as insensitive, if that makes sense, and how she can see her behavior as inappropriate. But as far as a downfall, I don't think that we're seeing that because all we're going to see, Kyle's never going to be like, lose her job. I don't think Bravo's going to fire her at all. Um, excuse me. She may leave. You know what I mean? And if she does, she's just going over to Netflix. And all of these rumblings about Mauricio and Netflix being upset with Mauricio and them being worried and wanting him to release a statement, I don't really believe. At first I was like, oh yeah, it's not that I jumped on the train, but I was like, good, good. And I, and if that happened, I still do believe good, but I don't believe it. Guys, we're talking about people who honestly, do they ever have like repercussions for their actions? Not really. They're the rich. Okay. So while Kyle's ass is on front street right now and people are definitely, it's, she's being held in the court of public opinion is what I should say. I don't really think that it affects Kyle like that we all are like, this is bullshit. I really don't think so. And why I think that is because the words that she chooses to either defend or make an excuse or talk about her actions. Like she's made like two public statements now about this whole Garcelle's son thing and laughing about how Erica was. And each time there are just a few key words in there um, that I'm like, girl, you don't care. You're just saying something because everybody's saying something right now and you want to get through the rest of it. Now, what I do find interesting is it's like, we haven't even gotten to the shit with Kathy yet. We haven't even seen Kathy yet on screen. And as we know, there's this whole big issue with Kathy and it draws a line and Kathy and Kyle end up not talking for a while. We haven't even gotten to that shit yet. And before the season, or either before the season started and when it first started, Kyle told us like, I had a really hard season and I don't know if I'll be back, which like, girl, maybe that's a good thing. Okay. 
maybe that's a good thing. But to backtrack a little bit, I don't want to see Kyle lose her house. I don't want to see her family threatened. You guys heard me talk about how I felt about, you know, Leah Sweeney talking about Kyle's kids being bullied and Rena as well. And if you didn't hear me talk about that over on Instagram, I don't think Kyle's kids should be bullied, but I also don't think that Garcelle's kids deserved to be bullied in front of all of us by a member of their cast. And I don't think that they then deserve to see the adults laugh, laugh about it on TV. All of the kids should be off limits. And I don't think that we should have to explain that all of the kids should be off limits. You know what I mean? Garcelle's kids or Kyle's kids' lives are no more precious than Garcelle's. But the actions and the way that the members of this cast are openly laughing and talking about it, it makes it seem that way. So yeah, Leah, I don't think that Kyle's kids should be bullied. But one key thing that Leah said there on her video that then Rena shared was, I'm not caught up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but it's like, girl, maybe you should. Maybe you should get some context before you get on the internet and say this shit. First of all, secondly, worry about that show that you on that's on pause and go get your vaccines because I heard you're going to be in Thailand for Ultimate Girls. So just get off the get up. Shut up. Okay. Because openly speaking about Kyle's kids and having nothing to say about Garcelle's kids being bullied by a cast member right in front of your face, it's telling. And that's all I'll say on that because like I said, y'all heard me talk about it on Instagram. But I kind of feel about Kyle, like how I feel about, how I felt about Stassi and how I feel about Stassi. You've heard me say this before, after the Tamron Hall interview, I was like, okay, I was willing to give Stassi a nod because it seemed like just from watching that interview, it seemed like she was open and trying to listen and learn. And then, then what she did was show me that she is who I think she is, which is make a black woman explain herself after Stassi went on her platform on the black woman's platform and tried to play victim. Stassi tried to say that she felt like Tamron Hall came after her. And honest to God, I don't know who's on Stassi's PR team because like, girl, what the fuck? They, like they have been misleading you. But she showed me who I thought she was, okay? Showing me that you haven't learned is what gets me about this. If Kyle, let me say this. If Kyle comes to this reunion and she's like, listen, I get it. I see now where X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then she follows it up if she does come back for another season, which I think she will. She follows it up with changed behavior. I'll be like, okay, okay. Cause that's all I wanna see from these people. And I, I've said, I think you guys have heard me say this before too. It fucking drives me mad when these Bravo liberties in particular, it's always, and I knew Kyle was about to say this, either her or her kids were being bullied. When their ass gets put on front street, especially for like racist behavior, it's always, I'm getting really bad messages. And I'm not saying that there are not people sending them disgusting messages. But like I said on Instagram, I always wonder what Garcelle's messages look like. You know what I mean? Because racists are loud racists are loud but we don't see garcelle 
saying, yeah, this person was in my inbox saying X, Y, Z. Like I said on Instagram, I listened to Carlos King's podcast with Rachel Lindsay, and she was open about the racist messages she would get back when she was a bachelorette all the way up until now. And when Rachel's back was against the wall and I'm using air quotes there, she, her excuses weren't, I'm getting these racist messages. I'm getting these racist messages. It's a, it's a privilege to be able to distract from your behavior by talking about others' behaviors. That's what I'll say. And what I mean by that is oftentimes black people cannot say, Hey, if they've done something wrong, you know, if they're getting the cancelable is what I'll say. They can't say, okay, well, people are sending me these messages and blah, 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 because why people don't fucking care. (laughs) People would not fucking care if the two was on the other foot and Garcelle did this to Portia. Okay. Told Portia to get the fuck out or shut the fuck up or whatever the fuck Erica said. And then Garcelle said, okay, well, I'm getting death threats. My kids, Jackson, Oliver and her sons are getting death threats and getting bullied online. I have a hard time. I have a really hard time thinking that people would have empathy for her and other housewives from other franchises would be making videos and speaking out or be so quick to, I should say. And maybe that's because I'm a black woman and I've had the experiences I've had, but that's, I, I just have a hard time believing that. I don't think that if she was on the other foot, then she would be saying, and I'm not saying that, you know, Kyle shouldn't say that her kids are being bullied and are people sending them because again, no one should be sending those messages. I understand that people are probably very wild in the DMs of reality TV stars or any, even people with platforms, but I feel like they then, these reality stars then use that as an excuse to not listen to anybody else. You know what I mean? Anybody who disagrees with them in any way, shape, or form. And that's fucking unfortunate. But do I think we're seeing the downfall of Kyle Richards? No. Do I think she won't even be on the next season? No, because I don't think she planned her exit like this. Kyle needs to go out on top. And speaking of an exit from Kyle Richards, I am a person that believes that we should put housewives on a timeline, a beginning and an end. I don't think any housewife should go over five or six seasons. I really, without taking a break, I'm not saying that they should never have more than five or six seasons, but I don't think we should see any housewife for five or six seasons consistently in a row. They should take some time off and then come back because I think we need to keep it fresh. I think what we're seeing in Beverly Hills with Kyle right now is a product of her being on the show too long. I really, really do. She is trying to play producer and cast member. And when you have somebody on a show like this for too long, that is what starts to happen. And when that starts to happen, we start seeing different sides of that person and things start getting lost. A producer can't be a cast member. They cannot be a cast member. It's just not going to work. And that's why we're seeing it not work with Kyle right now. And honestly, I heard this saying when Sex and the City first ended, like the first, first season, the first series, the original one, they had six seasons. And I remember Sarah, somebody asked Sarah Jessica Parker, like, 
why did you guys end at this time? You were at the top of everything. Like sex in the city was everything. And she said, I heard once, and she quoted the person who said this, that you don't leave a party when it's over, you leave it at its height. So you still remember when it's good. Now I wish she would have followed, they would have followed that, you know, advice because we've kind of really beat sex in the city to the ground after all of that. But I agree with that quote. You leave a party when it's good. You don't, you don't, so you can remember it when it's good. You don't want to leave it when it's over and everybody's drunk and sloppy and shit's getting bad. And that's how I feel about Kyle. She's overstayed her welcome. A lot of other housewives have overstayed their fucking welcome. Fox Force 5 overstayed their fucking welcome. And their alliance. My God. And to be honest, lastly, with Beverly Hills, I personally think that not only were Kyle, Mauricio, Dorit, and PK wrong for laughing at that, I just have a hunch. There's nothing to support this. This is completely my own thought. I feel like those four did that to kind of vindicate Erica because they laughed at her and they had their whole scene with her last year where they discussed her and, you know, made fun of not the leg or whatever, not the foot, do the brain or whatever the fuck PK said. You guys know what I'm talking about. I feel like it was orchestrated. And again, when you try and play producer and castmate, sometimes it blows up in your face. I think Eric, they're trying to get back in Erica's good graces. They did that thinking that it was going to land and it was going to be something a little bit more cheeky than what it was. And then look at us now, look where we are now. Okay. It's just, it's exhausting. Reality TV should be fun. Fox Force 5, not fun. That's how I feel about Beverly Hills right now. So now we must move on to Married to Medicine. To be honest with y'all, I'm so happy they're back. Married to Medicine, even when deep, keeps it light. I feel the same way about Potomac. Like those women can make me laugh no matter what. And I honestly feel like we had a good premiere. I know a lot didn't happen, but I love, I love a low key premiere. Okay. A lot of people would be like, oh, it's boring. Like, blah, blah. I don't need fireworks in the premiere. Sure. I'll take them if they're genuine. Okay. If like something actually happened for the premiere episode, yeah, I'll take them. But besides that, let's ease into the season, especially with the ones we have fun with the most. Listen, my biggest thing, my biggest thing from this is I just want to touch on why the fuck Contessa wore what she wore to Anila's Diwali party. Like I knew, I knew when I heard her and Scott talking about if someone wore a dashiki to our house, we'd be like, what are you wearing? (laughs) But let me just say two things here, two things about that. If someone just shows up to your house for a casual gathering, a non-specific party wearing a dashiki, then yes, what the fuck? But this is a Diwali party. I hope I'm saying that right. Diwali, right? And second, if you just wore your street clothes or your like normal clothes or whatever you'd normally wear to just a party, like a non, just a party, okay, that'd be fine. Contessa literally has on like a fucking party city Cleopatra outfit. Like, girl, what? What? 
what? And I try with Contessa. I really try. But girl, she just does little things that bug me. Like, and the math still isn't mathing. What are you guys talking about if somebody showed up to our house in a dashiki? What the fuck are you talking about? What? If you didn't wear want to wear what everyone else had on and, you know, I, 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 why? It's like they want us to talk about them. Okay. And I know Contessa may have moved on with her marriage and her life, but I haven't. I don't like Scott. There you go. I don't fucking like him. Now I'm not about to be like heavenly. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of heavenly, first of all, I, I can't wait for the heavenly intervention. I really, really can't be because there's one thing. Here's the thing. Is what heavenly said wrong? No. But, because there's always a but, saying it on the platform in which she said it in, or like at all on a public platform, that is what was wrong. Like black folks said, that is not something that should have been discussed outside the house. And I honestly think it makes it worse because they're on TV. So like if Heavenly would have just talked about this off camera, and I mean Bravo cameras and YouTube, like amongst the other group, and then we were hearing like, okay, Heavenly said this amongst the group. Like I do think Contessa's in an emotionally abusive relationship. Then I would be like, well, Contessa, you put us all there. But the fact that Heavenly was answering questions about it on her YouTube page and like just running amok as Heavenly does. Okay. That is what's wrong. And I understand Contessa being upset about that. I really do. Oh, goodness gracious but you know heavenly's never wrong in her mind so what else do we expect it's gonna be good it's gonna be good like i said i always have fun with american medicine ladies always they always just mm, deliver huh and while we're in atlanta why don't why don't we just go over to real housewives of atlanta i'm gonna make this really quick um i'm gonna be honest and this is gonna be like a quick synopsis on how i feel been feeling about Atlanta as a whole as a season because I feel like I haven't really talked about it too too much on even on the Instagram page but let me be honest I love Sheree I love that she's back but mama we got to move on from Tyrone okay because let me tell you I I just had to go get me some juice when I saw Sheree sitting there waiting for his ass for hours because of the secondhand embarrassment. I couldn't see my girl like that. I could not see my girl like that. I said, let me go get me something, a refreshment from the fridge because the secondhand embarrassment is too much because I personally wouldn't have even gotten the table at the restaurant. You know, I wouldn't have gotten there first. I would have had the driver keep circling around until he got there. And then if we would have circled the block, like, three a good three times and then no phone call or no phone answer rather I would be like okay just keep driving take me back to wherever I said I was going we we just I just wouldn't have been out I I for damn sure would not have sat down at a fucking table without him being there and I know she's believing in love and everything but girl I mm, I can't and then like her posing not she looks amazing in the picture she looks fucking amazing in the picture my actually the photo of how I wanted my hair for my wedding was like the color combo was Sheree. And one of the makeup pictures was Sheree. I told my makeup artist, she was like, okay, like 
I know girls want to look very natural, but I said, mm -mm. I want full housewife season 10 B. That is literally the description I gave to my makeup artist the day of my wedding. She, <laughs> she was amazing. She looked at me, she goes, really? I said, I want a full confessional look. And all of the inspo pictures I had were actually housewife confessional looks. And she would do things and she'd be like, okay, just to let you know, like they do X, Y, Z and it's kind of a lot, but I said, do it, do it. I had no time for all that. I need to look natural, but like, no, 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 no. I am becoming a wife. I want to fucking look like a housewife season 10 when she's got the bomb makeup artist and the confessional looks are giving. That's exactly what I wanted to look like. Okay. And Sheree was in my five photos that I showed her, but nevertheless, she looks amazing. She looks amazing in that photo in the jail cell. I get it. I am a person that does not get over things. Once you've wronged me, Mariah White bit me in the cheek in preschool and I still haven't gotten over it. Obviously, I still fucking remember her government name. That may not be her name now. I don't know. I haven't kept up with her, but like I remember her. She bit me in the cheek. And if I catch her outside anywhere, I'm going to bring it up. But you're right. Let's, let's not be posing in jail cells. Like, girl, come on. You're better than this. Let's focus on she by Sheree, the chuckers. All right. Besides that, listen, I'm glad they're finally making Candy work for her check. Okay. Because Candy has been coasting. And like I said about Kyle earlier, I think it's time to wrap it up on Candy. But the thing about Candy is I really think, I really think Candy is going to stay on Atlanta just so Phaedra doesn't come back. Y'all, I'm not getting into the specifics of that because we can go round and round each day. And I'm just going to let y'all know, I do believe that a producer told Phaedra that information. I'm not saying what Phaedra did was right, but I don't think that she just made it up. Okay. I do think she, that she was told it, that her and Candy were messy. Okay. Like together. And then Phaedra took it to a different level that she shouldn't have. And I'm admitting that, but nevertheless, I just think that we should have a five to six season tops on housewives and i think candy falls into the genre all right because what has she been giving and now that marlo's making her work she is mad like she is giving interviews with the shaky boys it's like she's getting on my nerves she's getting on my nerves like you know when candy gets mad slash sad she'd be starting at crying and her voice starts shaking all right and everybody mad at marlo like uh this is why we gave her a peach she's doing her job and i'm gonna compare it to this team twirl people are going to have my back here. I've never been a team 12, never been a Kenya Moore stand. All right. But so many people at, even at Kenya's meanest have been like, she's doing her job. Marla's doing her job just like Kenya. And there's no denying that Kenya was and is, she does her job, but Marlo is doing her motherfucking job. She got the peach. She said, okay, I'm going to do it now. The shit with the nephews. I don't, I don't know about that. Mar. I don't know about that. Okay. But Marlo is doing her job. Whether you love it or hate it. She said, I'm here to give. All right. Give edges, give storyline, give drama. I'm giving. <laughs> uh, besides that, I'm just going to tell y'all, honestly, I'm tired of Drew. I'm tired of Drew and Ralph. I, ca I can't with them. And they've only been on one season. I'm like, I'm actually exhausted seeing them on my screen. I really am because 
And, and you know what I think it is? I think it's, I don't know if Drew is acting. Like, for example, in the, the first or second episode, whatever episode that was, when the producers were like, do you think Ralph gaslights you? And she was like, no. And they were like, do you know what gaslight means? She's like, actually, let me look it up. And she looks it up. She goes, yo, like what? Drew, stop playing for real. It's not cute. Okay. Last year it was Tampa. This year, it's the fucking assistant with the massages. Like, these outrageous things. No. No. There's nothing my husband would be able to do to talk himself out of getting a text message like that from a woman. There's nothing he would be able to do to go to another state and not answer his phone. And I didn't know where he was. I would literally file a missing persons report on his ass. I'd be like, oh, you're not going to answer your phone? You're going to go to a different state? Don't want to let me know where you are? (laughs) Missing persons. Okay. But besides that, I'm also enjoying Sonia this season. I think she's doing her job as well. Do I always agree with her job? No, but I am enjoying her. Huh. That's going to be it on the Bravo tip. I think, you know what? I'm pretty sure I touched on everything that you guys asked of me in the Instagram comment box. Actually, no, 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 no. I forgot one thing. Somebody asked if I could comment on Catherine Dennis's relationship with her boyfriend, I guess it is. And, or the boyfriend on the show, because I think they've broken up. Um, As you guys know, I don't consistently watch Southern Charm. I never consistently watch Southern Charm. Like I have watched it before. I've seen episodes at a chunks at a time. And I know the players, I know the, you know, synopsis, the what's going on. At, for the most part, all the time. But I don't watch um, Southern Charm like that, so I can't comment on Catherine Dennis's relationship with her boyfriend. But what on the tip of Catherine Dennis, I do want to say, I got a comment um, the other day, something like that, last week. I made a comment on somebody's Instagram post, um, and I it was of the Southern Charm premiere, I think. They were having that flapper party. And... I said, shout out to Naomi for keeping a straight face while Catherine went off on her because she had makeup all over her face or she had lipstick all over her face. And somebody was like, it's not lipstick. It's from her picking at her, the irritation on her face. And she said that and was kind of like, it kind of, now something could be lost in translation because internet, you know what I mean? But the tone I was picking up seemed like they were trying to be like, you're an asshole for that. Um... I'm not apologizing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know. I just, I still said what I said. Shout out to Naomi, Naomi for keeping a straight face. And it's the make, it was the makeup, whether it's the makeup going away or the lipstick or whatever the fuck it is. Shout out to her for keeping a straight face because the, the clip that I did see and the clips that I do see from Catherine Dennis, um, and I know she was dating a black man, um, I just felt like she was trying to be like a little extra hard, if that makes sense. And it still was funny to me, just like when Taylor wound that finger up and put that elbow on the table and said, don't you talk to me like that, you fucking bitch, to Brandy on Girls Trip. That would have made me laugh as well. Because like, okay, Either way, it makes me laugh. I don't really 
mascara, whether it's the lipstick or the, you know, she picked away her makeup. It still makes me laugh. So, yeah, I don't, again, Southern Charm, it's not one of those things that I'm going to ever be able to um, constantly talk about. I pretty much, whatever I see from Southern Charm is whatever the Instagram, you know, other podcasts are like making go viral. Um, like I know Emily from She Speaks Bravo, she covers it and she, I see most of the little clips I see from Southern Charm are from her. Um, and if I see something super outrageous and I'll comment on it, but I just, I can't comment on Catherine and her boyfriend's relationship because I don't know shit about it. But on that, we are going to wrap up this episode Actually, I lied to y'all. I did not answer all of the Instagram questions um, from the box. I did forget one and I'm honestly doubling back on this because this person, I said that y'all had till six o'clock to send me these and this person entered theirs and then said, oh shit, it's after six. And I was like, actually, girl, don't worry about it. It's, I haven't started recording yet. But they asked me, um, since Diana thinks Sutton is a one-upper, what about Kyle making Dorit's home invasion about her burglary when it when she wasn't even home? That's a major one-upping move. I agree. I agree. And like, honestly, I there's so much shit with Kyle that I cannot keep up with right now. Like, I, I really can't keep up. She's always, but she's always been that way to me. Like, she's always been that way to me. And it's just so annoying. So I completely agree with you, CC. Kyle tried to make that whole, Kyle honestly tried to make Dorit's whole home invasion about her. I feel, I feel she, if she wasn't trying to make it about her with like comparing it to the burglary when she wasn't home, it was, I'm being a good friend. You're not being a good friend and trying to control people's emotions and how they processed it. But I just wanted to answer that question because I felt bad because they were like, oh, shit, it's after six. I didn't realize. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm late anyways, because I'm always late. Um, Just a few things before we end the episode. I am watching All Stars, Drag Race All Stars, All Winners. Um, Y'all know who I'm voting for. Well, I'm not voting at all. But y'all know who I'm rooting for. Shea Coulee, all the way. Monet Exchange, all the way. Either one of them, I will be happy with. I don't dislike anybody. I really don't dislike anybody on this cast. I love everyone. You know, what I will say is I am so, so proud of Raja. And it's not that I ever thought Raja lost anything or like, but Raja was on Drag Race so long ago, so fucking long ago. And they came back with the newer queens and like older queens, I feel like say often like these newer queens, they have more and they're doing it bigger this time. And they have more of a following. Raja came back hard for me. I do feel like Raja should have one more, have more stars than they have right now. I really do. Um, But besides that, y'all know I love me some all-stars. I just want to let y'all know I'm watching it. If anybody wants to pop in the DMs and talk about it. And then also non-reality TV shows. Nope. One more reality TV show. And I said this on Instagram, y'all got to watch Claim to Fame. And I'm not saying you got to watch it because, ooh, it's so good and like the drama, blah, blah, blah. No, I just need people to fucking talk to about it. I put this fucking show on as a background noise. Background noise while it's fucking folding clothes. Next thing I know, I'm not folding shit anymore. I'm fully invested. And I'm a spoiler type of bitch. 
I have not looked up who anybody might or might not be related to. Now, I've discussed it with a few people that I've told to watch show and they have watched it. And to y'all, I appreciate that. But I have not looked up any spoilers. But uh, some people are obvious. Like some people are fucking obvious. But I do. I want everybody to watch this show because it's a game and it's interesting to me. And there are also some people on there that I have no fucking clue who they're related to. And I don't know. So the claim to fame, the premise is all of these people are related to celebrities, closely related to celebrities some way, somehow. Some are very fucking obvious. Like, honestly, I'm not even going to say who, but y'all are going to know if you watch the show. Why would you even put that person on the show? It's so fucking obvious. They look just fucking alike. They're twins. They're not actually twins because there is a twin of somebody on there. But this person and their sibling look just fucking alike. Before she even introduced herself, I was like, I know who that person's related to. Hello. But I want everybody to watch it. It was so randomly addicting for me. Now, non-reality TV shows that I am watching lately. I watched Gaslit on my honeymoon, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It's about Marsha Mitchell um, and her hand in Watergate. Now, if you're like me, I knew what Watergate was because like history class, duh. But I didn't really we never dove super deep into Watergate and like, I didn't know a lot of the ins and outs. Marsha Mich- Marsha Mitchell, what a tongue twister of a name, um, was the wife of John Mitchell, the attorney general, I believe his position was to the, uh, to Nixon when Watergate happened. And like, I love watching shows because I don't think it's a, surprise to any of you I'm very fucking liberal but I'm also very like let's burn down the patriarchy and like start again because a lot of things need to change within you know the government and we're just not even gonna get into that and also for legal reasons I'm not saying burn down anything at all I'm just saying a lot of stuff needs to change okay but nevertheless I always find the shows interesting that when we I see women that I on paper may not agree with like politically, but they have shared experiences. I love these conversations um, because like we all talk about women, all most, all women have something in common for the most part. And then you start getting into the intersectionalities of everything, you know, women and their individual experiences. But I love shows like that. So Marsha Mitchell was a Republican woman. She was known as the mouth of the South. And um, it's about what the Republican Party, the Nixon Party, did to her um, during Watergate. Because she was very outspoken about not supporting Nixon and the things that he stood for and the things that he did. And then Watergate happened. It's a great show. It's a really great show. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then the other show that I watched that's not reality TV um, that I really enjoyed was The Summer I Turned Pretty. And once again, I was, the bar was in hell because I didn't even fucking know what that was. I didn't know it was based off a book. I had no clue. I kind of just put it on as one of those, like, um, it's a movie I've watched on Netflix. Oh, to all the boys I loved before. And, and, and it's like a lot, I think it's actually the same author because it's books. It's the same author as that. Um, but yeah, I just like kind of turned it on and <laughs> I'm invested. I'm actually fucking invested now. The tea is hot. All right. I've ordered the second book because I need to know what to expect for season two. Now, I do know that there's one thing that I hope that they change from 
the second book into season two and i'm not going to say it because it's a spoiler but i really hope that they don't take that from the book and make it into the series and they just keep that person um and we see it that way, but that's just me hopeful thinking. All right. So we actually are going to end the episode on that note. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're at the end here, like I said, I am so happy to be back on the mic. I'm so happy to be back. I just had some things that I had to work through. And if you are a person struggling right now, mentally, and again, anyone, but especially a black woman, reach out to those closest to you. Therapy is important. My therapist is a, a been through therapy off and on, but this is the first time in my life I've ever had a black woman therapist. I specifically seek sought out a black woman therapist and I love it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's different. And I'm excited what the future is to hold, um, especially the future of this podcast. I, at first I was very in my head. I was like, no, cause I don't know if I've told you guys this, my cover artwork it's been driving me crazy. Like I don't want my, who asked me like my actual artwork anymore. I want something different. And I actually have a specific like photo in mind, what I want to use for who asked me podcast moving forward, at least from now on. And I, I want to make it happen so bad, but there's some moving parts that I need to make it happen. And then I was you know, telling myself, I was like, Giselle, if the only reason you're not recording a new episode is because you want your artwork to change, that's bullshit. So look out for new that. Look out for the rebrand. We are having new episodes every week. I can't promise that I'm going to have consistent guests every week because it's very hard for me to plan that out. And also like get my schedule is always different than everybody else's. And I, hopefully if I get this new job, it'll be more on brand with everybody else's, but let's just speak it into the new, into the universe. I will get this new job that I want. Um, but yeah, new episodes every week, we're going to be releasing every Thursday. And that's a promise. If I don't release Thursday, y'all have my permission to be up in my DMS like bitch with a fuck. All right. So on that, Y'all know where you can find me on Instagram at who asked me podcast. If you want to follow my personal Instagram, it's at Zell's life, S E L L E S L I F E. I will talk to y'all on Instagram and next week.